Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Hey, Aaron, I have a story for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have a story. So just sit down, get your blue milk. Okay. Okay. There was a plant so distant and so mysterious it was said to have been hiding among the stars. The planet is called Octo, and on this planet stands the very first Jedi Temple. <laughs> Do you know what book I'm reading? <laughs> I'm going to guess that this is something from Chewie and the Porgs. That was the beginning of Chewie and the Porgs. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to read the next page, and then I have a specific ep- excerpt that I want to read. So it continues to say, Not many know of its existence, mostly just the caretakers of the island. And now you, of course. The only other being with knowledge of this mystical place is the man who crossed an entire galaxy to find it. Luke Skywalker, last of the Jedi Knights. But this is not his story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so anyway, this, yeah, Chewie and the Porgs is a super cute children's book. I got it for Christmas. Uh, And it just tells, like, like while we're all with Ray and Luke and all of that, this is the story of what's happening with Chewie and the Porgs over by the Falcon. Uh, At least that's how I like to think of it. But there is this one page I particularly love. It says, there must be food somewhere on the ship so Chewie's hungry. Okay. Uh There must be food somewhere on the ship. Chewie desperately searches all the compartments until success. Blue puff cubes. Chewie looks around to make sure the coast is clear, and when it is, he gets ready to eat. Wookie fun fact number 77, nothing tastes better than a warmly toasted blue puff. So is that what it says, Wookie fun fact? It does. In the book? So I'm, gu- I'm guessing these blue puffs are like marshmallows? Uh, they look like that. Okay. And then the next page says cubes. And there's pictures of Porgs eating his cubes. <laughs> and it says, uh-oh, Chewbacca is not going to be happy about this. Poor Chewie, he just can't take it anymore. And he's chasing the Porgs around. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay, and then... Then Chewie notices something. One of the Millennium Falcon's landing struts came down on the Porg's nest, crushing the food they stored for winter. No wonder they've been bothering him so much. <laughs> they crushed their food supply. Oh, man. Well, that yeah, so that explains why all those Porgs were like going up into the Falcon and nesting exactly. there and stuff. They so. want their food back then. This is essential information. It is. This book. This is a it's must very, read. It's very canonical. Oh, I need to I need to pick this one up if for no this other reason a, to, than to read it to my son. This is a must read book for all those who love Porgs and want to really truly understand the relationship between Chewie and the Porgs. <laughs> if you want I mean probably if you just want to understand the story of the last Jedi. Like this I know is really needed. Yeah. This is so important. Right. But no, but really, in all seriousness, if you haven't uh, even looked for it, it's in the children's section uh, at Barnes & Noble. It's written by Kevin Shinnick and illustrated by Fiona Haish, I think. And it's super cute. And the artwork is really, really great. And this isn't like a full-on review, really, but like I really enjoyed it. And my nephew, the way this came about of me getting it is my nephew apparently saw it at the bookstore and pleaded with my mom if he could please give this to me for Christmas. <laughs> so my nephew, who's about to be eight, gave me that as a Christmas present. Well, that is a solid Christmas gift. I I agree. I agree. So we have kind of a cool thing going on, and you got to get some cool mail. And I am very interested, since I didn't receive it, to find out why you didn't do an unboxing video. <laughs> Me do an unboxing video? That's I would more love your... that. That's, yeah. I seriously would <laughs> love that. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't, I've never tried to do anything like that. Well, that's not true. I, I did try to do a Lego build once, like a time-lapse one with commentary uh, that I filmed the entire thing and with the idea that it would end up on YouTube, but never got posted. But I've, <laughs> so nothing, nothing like that has ever seen the light of day, but I have, I have like made small steps in doing kind of those type of videos, but I don't know. It's just not my forte. I think I'm going to stick with podcasting. Okay. But so maybe we should have about... had him send this to you so you could have done an un- unboxing video. Oh, that would have been cool, yeah. But... Except for I probably wouldn't have been able to do it timely because I've been sick. <laughs> so you know how they, there's like all these subscription boxes and stuff like that you Loot can get? Loot Crate, Potter Crate, Disney yeah. Crate, Funko Crate, yes. everything Crate. <laughs> so there's a company now that's actually doing a, a Star Wars literature um like subscription they call bag so they do a subscription bag it's like a monthly subscription that you can do and this the company is called utini so y-o-u-t-i-n-i so you can check them out at utini.com and check out all the different options they have for the master bag uh what are the other options canon so I, i have it yeah i have it right here in front of me so you can choose the legends bag which is 15.99 a month uh, which comes with one book per month. You can do the Canon bag, which is twenty nine ninety nine per month, and there's one book in there. The Master bag is thirty nine ninety nine per month, and you get two books. I'll let you tell us about what's in your bag, but essentially every month you get you know a book to read, and then there's some they say like extra goodies and stuff like that. And their website also has a club utini, which is like a thing that you can join and then there's also the utini bookshelf which is coming soon it's in beta testing right now so that you can track your reading of star wars books yeah so it's some pretty cool stuff and you can you can see all this information on their website and just just as a just to put it out there we're not being there's we're not being paid to talk about this or like they're not a sponsor or anything like that they just were nice enough to send us a box um so we wanted to at least give them a shout out about it but um, so they kind of do themes, which I, a lot of subscription boxes uh, do themes. So this this or at least December's theme was bucket heads, and so the books that came with it were uh, for the canon book it was Phasma, and then for the Legends book they actually did the Heir to Heir of the Empire paperback, which is the new cover uh, for Heir of the Empire, which I was actually really excited to get because I don't actually own that book. So um, huh. so I did ha- I did already own Phasma, but I don't actually own the Heir of the Empire with the new cover. So I was pretty excited to get that. And then it also came with a Utini pin, a Utini bookmark. Uh, one of the cool things they do too is with the Legends book, they send like a little book guide, which is uh, printed on a card that gives a little bit of background information about the book, um, just kind of as a reading uh, a reading guide. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then they give you a Utini magazine, uh, which has information about the the stuff that comes in it, the stuff that comes in the, the bag, it also has information about the the uh, canon book. So Phasma, for example, <clears throat> since it was this month's book, um, they just kind of have like a little three-page uh, uh, information about Phasma, information about Delilah Dawson, and then included in the magazine as well, they do this really cool canon timeline, which has images of all the new canon books uh, set up on this really well-designed timeline. So that was actually one of my favorite things in here. So yeah, so it's it was a pretty cool little bag, and I think for the for the price, uh, you know, if you're if you're the type of person that likes to have things shipped to you and not have to think about it, um, you know, for the convenience that you're getting, you you get two books at least in the um, in the uh, master bag. And then you get all the extra stuff. You know, I think it's actually a pretty good price. And we actually have a discount code that we're going to give you guys. So if anybody is interested in signing up with them, they can use this discount code to get 10% off. But once again, we're getting nothing from this. So absolutely not. If you nothing. use the code, we're not getting anything back. So, to, you know, it's nothing like that. Um, we're just trying to share something that we thought was cool with our listeners. And Do you want me to give them the code? Yeah. The code okay. makes it's a very fitting code. It is a very fitting code. So the, if you want to join Utini and try it out, you can get ten percent off your first month by using the code Bookworms. Is it Surprise! Book, is it Bookworms or Bookworm? Yes, it's Bookworms. Okay, with an S. Got it. B O O K W O R M S. 
So you can head on over to utini.com. It's like Y-O-U-T-I-N-I.com and set up your first month and get 10% off of it and use the code bookworms. So we're going to actually be doing two reviews today on our podcast. Uh, we're going to review the ultimate Lego Star Wars book that came out in October. Um, this is from DK, and this was actually written by Chris Malloy and Andrew Beecraft. Mm -hmm. And the publisher's summary, do you want to do it? All right. So the publisher summary is as follows. The definitive guide to the Lego Star Wars universe showcasing the vast collection of Lego Star Wars sets and minifigures released over the last 20 years. This is a complete unrivaled encyclopedia of the Lego Star Wars theme. Fans will have an all-encompassing companion to the Lego Star Wars cultural phenomenon. Produced in large format and featuring beautiful imagery, this is an indispensable guide for young fans and a stunning reference work for adults. With behind-the-scenes material, it tells the complete story of Lego Star Wars from the earliest concepts in the late 1990s to the creation of the most recent sets for The Force Awakens and Rogue One. Created with the Lego Star Wars team. So let me just say, like, before we get started, it's interesting to me to be talking about this stuff now working for the company. And then also on Netflix right now is a new series titled The, uh, the Toys That Made Us. And the very first episode is Star Wars Toys. And one of the things they talk about on that episode is sort of the new... A deal that George Lucas made with Hasbro when Hasbro Hasbro bought Kenner, and one of the things they mention is the fact that Lucasfilm had actually licensed other toy companies now to create product for Star Wars, and that included Lego, which bit into Hasbro's profits like huge. So this is just all really cool for me because now I'm like in this like even deeper than I already was. <laughs> <laughs> and so now it's all like, wow. Uh, but this is a super, super cool book. And it's way more in-depth than the other ones that we've seen uh, in the past that they've done. And it's, I mean, when they say comprehensive, they mean comprehensive. <laughs> uh, it, it's insane. Insane. And they actually have in the front of the book that something that's kind of cool is the how to use this book. And it talks about like, how things are organized and how you can find like it's it's set up in different parts so there's like characters and creatures and then it goes to locations and then vehicles and equipment and they talk about sets but they know they don't talk about the set necessarily as a whole at first so they give you like all the set numbers and stuff so you kind of have to like piece the sets together almost yeah they break it down to like, There's a set index in the back, though. Yes, the set index index is like one of my favorite things about this book because you can look at every single Star Wars Lego set that has ever been released, mm -hmm. um, and then you you know if you have one in particular that you're looking for, you can look it up in the index, and then it'll tell you where the parts for that set are throughout the book. So this the book is broken down. So like the minifigs are one area, the vehicles are in a different area, the creatures are in a different area. But um, when you look in the index, it'll tell you what page number to go to for each part of each set. So, yeah, it's the book is amazing. Like I, I flipped through every single page. Um, you know, didn't read all of the text, but there's a lot of really cool facts and stuff. But I that at least would be impressive. <laughs> I at least flipped through and and looked at all the images and read some of the text. And it's just so cool to see. And I, like a lot of this stuff, even though I consider myself a Lego Star Wars collector, like a lot of the stuff I didn't even know was out there. You know, I'm running right? across minifigs and I'm like, oh, they have a minifig for this character? Like I need it. Like, oh my God, how so. do we get that? So just kind of pivoting off that, the way we're kind of kind of do this is just sort of flip around and find stuff mm -hmm. we like, because it would be impossible to review every page of this entire thing. There's just way too much information. But as you were talking, we were talking about the set index, it reminded me I wanted to look up the Slave 1. And the reason being is I have one of the versions of the Slave 1, but I don't remember exactly what version I have. And I can just say flipping to the page for the Slave 1, because I, I flipped through it, but I got up to like midway through locations. So I didn't get to the vehicles and stuff. Um, what page number is Slave 1? So I'm on page 283, okay. 282 and 283. And when I got here, I was like, 
holy dang, <laughs> like there's a lot of them. <laughs> and well, I know it's not the first one. So here's one of the coolest things about this book. And you can see it just on this page. The progression that Lego has made in the last 20 years, even just from 2000. So with the slave one, when it starts in 2000, no offense, Lego, but that looks terrible. Well, yeah, compared to what they have now. <laughs> the but for... Slave one in 2000 compared to what is out now. And even the most recent one isn't. No, the most recent one is here, the one that came out in 2015. Uh, it looks so bad. Well, it, it kind of looks like if I just went into my random box of Legos and tried to exactly. piece together what I thought the slave one would look like. That's what the 2000 version looks like. Very exposed bricks and like no curves. Um, they have definitely they have definitely uh, mastered the art of mimicking the look of these vehicles um, over the years. Big time, big time. And then they even go into like mini sets and like the names of the mini sets and the advent calendars, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, so my slave one is the 2010 slave one that came with Bosk and Han and Boba and a Han and Carbonite. So that's the one that I have. Uh, the 2015 one looks really, really awesome, but there is no Bosk. And I had originally been thinking, oh, I might want to get the 2015 Slave 1 because that one's getting ready to go out. It's getting ready to go bye-bye. And it's part of the Ultimate Collector Series. It is a part of the Ultimate Collector Series. And explain to our listeners what that means. Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm probably not the expert here even more than you are, but Ultimate Collector Series basically just means it's a higher-end set with usually more detail, more pieces, it comes with like a plaque that you build that you know mm -hmm. that, a stand um that kind of thing so yeah it's yeah it kind of, for example the brand the new millennium falcon that is the most expensive uh is it the most expensive lego set ever it is the most expensive lego set and the ever most made pieces ever. and the most pieces yeah, ever so now is part of now the it wasn't series. it wasn't um, up until when it came out this year. Um, earlier this year, that was actually the Taj Mahal. Right. Um, which is an insane set. And I couldn't even imagine building that thing because it's all white. And which like, now my that, eyes would... Nah. Now that Teresa works for the Lego store, we will be getting Lego fun facts probably in every episode. <laughs> all the time. Star Wars <laughs> You're especially when we're talking about Lego books. Um, okay. So you identified that the 2010 Slave 1 is your is the one you own. Yes, and mine is just from the classic theme, so that means that it doesn't have that plaque and all that other fancy stuff. Uh, just like there's been multiple Millennium Falcons, um, there yes. have been multiple Slave Ones. There's been one, two, three, four, five, five big ones, and then like seven or eight little ones. And then there's been all different iterations of Boba Fett. Like he looks different in every single set for the most part. Yeah, and they've gotten a lot better with his character too. Uh, they've one gotten my, a lot better with minifigures, period. Oh, definitely. One of my and that kind of like you were talking about seeing the progression in the minifig section of this book. They they will they literally have entire pages devoted to characters like the more popular characters. Ooh, like ooh, ooh. you're gonna pick Luke, aren't you? Luke Skywalker. Like I was just gonna list a few, but these characters that there have been so many minifigs made of, and you can see every single version. Um, all the way back to the 90s when they weren't doing the skin tones yet. So all the mm -hmm. Lego minifigs were just the yellow Lego um, with just the smiley face. And now they've gotten down to doing the skin tone. And even now, like one of the things that they've gotten really good at recently is the hair because it used to be just that, you know, kind of flat, smooth hair. And now they have a lot of texture in the hair. Even Han has come a long way if you look at the different Han minifigs. And this book just maps all of that out, which is so cool to see. Yeah, no, that is really, really awesome. One of the other things that is pretty neat, and I, I specifically, I noticed it several times, but I specifically noticed it on the General Grievous page, which, of course, now I can't find. Um, I have to find it. I don't know where it went. But the way, not just the people going from yellow to actual skin tone, but 
the like creature characters and them going to being detailed because Grievous starts out as like this little gray, solid gray piece. <laughs> just looks so bad. Uh, and I... then he progresses to being really cool. Yes. Yeah. There's like, or Watto is another example. The first version of Watto was just a solid blue minifig yeah. with no paint detail at all. And now if you look at what he's, become now it's amazing how much detail is in that minifig um so the, just the difference between or 2001 and 2015 which is the the two extremes of that minifig um the other thing that's interesting too is just to see the the characters where there's only ever been one minifig made oh and you know what's so cool about that is there's some of those that i have yeah yeah so um like shakti for example um she actually has two not one there's one pictured in the book, but she has two. The one thing I did notice is they don't have the keychains in here. Um, I have her as a keychain. So and is the keychain version of her the second one you're talking about, or is there another? This keychain version is the second one. This is okay. the one from the set. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. key the keychain version looks basically the same. Um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's almost exactly the same cape and all. So, you know, I did notice that. But there are some other ones that there are single figures of that i was like oh my gosh i have that you know uh can we kind of think off the top of my head what one you of them brought was. up uh shakti who so she is one of the clone wars era figures mm-hmm. that back when they were doing the weird eyes for minifigs oh yeah yeah which is something that like has always bothered me because there's certain characters that there's only one of and they don't have like the normal version they only have the clone wars version mm-hmm. for example like ara singh and th- for whatever reason, those eyes that they did for that short period of time just throw me off. Like, I just can't. Like, both of uh, Ahsoka's Clone Wars era minifigs are like that. So, since you brought that up, and I know this doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars, but here's your Lego fun fact. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have noticed, if you've been out to the store and you've looked at the Lego Disney sets and the um, the Lego Friends and Elves they have the mini dolls. Uh, I actually had a long conversation about this with my manager for my store. And apparently that was done through like tons and tons of research. But I don't know if you knew, but the hair on all of those figures is interchangeable with the regular minifigs. And that was one of the requirements. They had to make the the face in the front to where it was more doll-like, but make the dimensions of the overall headpiece to where it could work with everything Lego. And the goal with those mini dolls was to make them playable with every single other Lego set. So their dimensions are like perfectly precise to be able to work within every single other Lego theme, which I think is just freaking amazing. And um, I mean, I can go, there's more to that story, but just to keep it short, like the hair, since you were talking about the hair, um, it's completely interchangeable. Yes. So I was trying to find, there was one specific one when you were mentioning that single figure situation. And I'm actually, I'm trying to find it because I was like, that's so cool. I have that. Uh, well, there's Thrawn. Thrawn, there's only one of Thrawn. Yes, which is which, which I have, which is one of my favorite I minifigs. Have I have that too. So do you have a favorite minifig, Star Wars, that was in this book? Hera. Hera, that's a good one. And I have both... Hera's that have ever come out. There were two of them. There's only ever been two of them. And it was in the ghost set and in the mini, um, the microfighter ghost. And I have them both. Yes. Yeah. I have Hera I feel, as well. I feel like so accomplished. I'm yeah. Like, Got it. <laughs> two for two. Two for two. So the other really cool thing about this book is the, I think the locations is probably one of the coolest ones. And actually when we were getting ready to do the show, I sort of squealed because... I was flipping through and I've been trying to figure out what this one set that I have that I've had on my shelf since I was like in high school or like early college. And I don't know, I probably just bought a Lego set and built it, you know, and I finally know what it is now. And it's Yoda's hut from 2004. (laughs) And it's amazing. And it's just so cool to be able to find these things, you know, to be able to say like, Oh, that's what that is. I have that. <laughs> is that the one that, um, does it come with Luke and Yoda 
in the no the no, no 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 this is just the Yoda. it's just Yoda it's just his house and like it it curves up to where it's round and then you can open it and you can play in like his kitchen and like his bed and stuff <laughs> pretty cool yeah I think like, one of the sets I came across in this book that I didn't know I mean I guess I had, I knew it existed because I had heard heard the title before but never actually seen it was Jabba's Palace. Um, and I know there's been a couple versions oh, of Jabba, Jabba's Palace, but they have I the one. I almost bought that. They have the one that is Jabba's Palace, but then the Rancor Pit um, came out the mm-hmm. next year, and then they fit together. Yep. And that yeah. whole setup, I have never seen that before. Um, I've only ever heard about it, and I've so I saw it in this book, and now I have to have it. Do you want to hear this? This is a really sad story. Okay. You're you're gonna cry. Uh, so I actually had both of those on layaway when I lived in Florida. And when we had to move back to Texas, I forgot. You forgot to get it? Uh-huh. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. Bye. Search, search eBay. That's <laughs> really sad. Uh, so when we get to the indoor stuff, by the way, I have – this is just really cool because I got really excited about this. I went through an indoor phase with Lego. And I bought – if I'm on page – 151. I have the Imperial Bunker that came out in 2009 that comes with Paplu and um, a Leia and a Han and some Rebel some stuff. So I have that. And then to go with it, I bought the Ewok Outpost, which came out in 2011, which came with Lagre and Tokat. And then to go with that, I bought the Indoor Forest. Which came out in 2012. <laughs> so I have like this whole little indoor thing. But not the Ewok Village. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> that is my... That ran away from me before I had a chance to get it. And yeah. I am so upset. <laughs> you have one of one of the sets that I've always wanted that I didn't get. And you have it. And you're actually building it right now. And that's the Disney Castle. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> So there's a handful of sets that are on my like wish list that I really really want, and that the Disney Castle is one of them. D- didn't buy it; too expensive right now for me. But the Ewok Village is one of those that I have been so tempted to buy. I found it in the store a couple times, didn't pull the trigger. I found it online at reasonable prices, still didn't pull the trigger. It's just it's so cool though. It's like it's probably my top set. I'm pro- I'm gonna to get it. I will get it. Yeah, I feel like I I'm, will get I, the Ewok Village. I feel the same. I think I will. I have to own it. At some point. And you know what? I am even okay with buying one that someone has already built oh, and yeah. has torn apart and is selling just in Ziploc bags with the thing, with oh, yeah. the instruction booklet. Definitely. You know what? You don't even need to give me the instruction booklet. That's online. Yeah, you can get that online. You just need the yeah, pieces. All I, I do, all I want is pieces. I want all the minifigures and the pieces. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so anyway, what else is cool about this book? So there was one um, thing I found that I wanted to share with you that you may have come across it. I did not know this was a thing, and it kind of blew my mind. But it was on page 70, so you probably did ooh, already at least pass up. this. <clears throat> so the so the Han Solo section starts on page 68. Mm-hmm. And then if you flip forward to page 70, mm-hmm. there's a little minifig called young han which i was like oh yeah wait what is that because like when has young han been anything that's from the padawan menace right so this is from the padawan menace which there was like this cameo i guess which i've never seen this of it young was a han. tv it was on tv and it would have been on disney channel or disney something. Yeah. so obviously not canon but there is you can actually get a young like little kid han solo with the short legs and everything minifig which i thought was so cool apparently it's pretty rare though so it'd be hard to get a hold of but um so that just it kind of blew my mind as i was flipping through this i was like of all the versions of han solo that are available for minifig i never thought i'd see a official lego minifig of a young not not young like young from solo a star wars story young like little kid han solo you know what's kind of cool about this though is that with solo coming out they already have molds (laughs) yeah it's kind of cool. Uh, also on this page, I would just like to point out, there is a lot of minifigure faces for Han where he's making like this, I guess, what's supposed to be a grimace, but almost just looks like a smile with his eyes closed. A scowl. 
He's not a scowl. He look. He looks like oh, he's like smiling, closed? like e. Well, I think it's because he's he's got a uh, carbon freezing sickness. Well, I know, but it looks like he's really happy. <laughs> I actually so they've Han's gone through a lot of changes, and his oh my gosh, his minifig so looks so cool mm-hmm. now. Like they actually you know gave him hair with texture, so it actually looks more like Han. But um, I actually have one of the newer versions of Han because I got the um, the Sarlacc. Sarlacc Pit skiff thing that came mm. with him in the Weequay and Chewbacca um, in Boba Fett. So that was a pretty, and it's surprisingly a pretty, because it's set so small, it's actually pretty affordable, but it comes with like really, really cool minifigs. So, and that one's definitely still readily available. Yeah. So since we were talking about the Falcon, I kind of want to go there because the Falcon has gone through a lot of different iterations, even down to at. Star Wars Weekends, Lego was there, and they had a little Falcon build that you could do. And it's very interesting to look at all of these. Oh, and the Star Wars Celebration one is right there in front of me. (laughs) I started talking about it and didn't even realize it was right there. Uh, So it's gone through a lot of different things. And what's kind of interesting is that in 2007, there was the Ultimate Collector's Millennium Falcon. So this was part of that Ultimate Collector series. And this is the one with the round radar dish. And then it came out again in 2011 as part of just the classic set and all of that. And then it came out again in 2015. And then it had the like rectangular radar dish because it has Ray and this is the one from The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, we get back to the Ultimate Collector Series, and this is that $800. Um, oh, no, this is not the $800 one, is it? Yeah, it is. No, it is. It is. It's just the Porg's not pictured. <laughs> oh, I. that's crazy. They didn't put the Porg in there probably because they weren't allowed to. Oh, yeah. But the Porg minifigure is a part of that. <laughs> they probably couldn't put it in there because they didn't want to put anything from The Last Jedi. No spoilers. Exactly. That's insane. Um, and so the 2017 Millennium Falcon, and this thing is just... It's amazing. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's huge. It's, it's one of those so things huge. that you have to see in person to, to really grasp like how amazing this set is and how much detail was put into it. Because mm-hmm. I remember yeah, seeing pictures of it and being like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I went to the Lego store and they had it on display and I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> I have Do to you know how it. many pieces it is? Isn't that like 14,000 or something? A <laughs> little bit overboard. Oh. Uh, it's 7,541. Okay. But still. If you built two of them, <laughs> you also would have spent $1,600. <laughs> One of the things, too, because I was looking at the Leia page in this book, and it was going through the different iterations of Leia, and, and my favorite look for Leia is her Hoth base look. Um, and mm, Yeah. And they haven't really, they had, I think they had a couple other versions of her like that, but this set really nails the look and they get the colors right and the, the figure just looks perfect. And so I was like, oh man, I really, really want that minifig. But the only place you can get that version of, of Hoth Leia is in this Millennium Falcon set. So it's oh, like, wow. ooh, yeah, maybe I could find it. I could probably find it loose and somebody probably mm-hmm. selling it for like 20 bucks. But, um, but yeah, this is another set, kind of like the Ewok Village. It's like, I must have it. I just haven't figured out how yet. <laughs> well, I just figured out what version of the X-Wing my uh, my X-Wing I have is. It's the 2004 X-Wing from Dagobah because it has the little weeds from the swamp that snap onto it. Yes, that's my, that's, I have the same set, or at least I used to. <laughs> I don't think I still have all the pieces. Do you still have it, oh, like, no. intact? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's nice. at my mom's house. My and that's another house. set, too, like when you look at the progression of the X-Wing. Because that's oh, a cool yeah. set, but then when you see what the X-Wings look like now, it's like, wow, they've really come a long way. But Oh, they've come a bit of super long way. It's crazy. Well, anyway, I mean, we can probably... We could spend <laughs> we all could, night we, talking about really could. Lego really stuff. Could. But... So I kind of need to... I'm going to cut us off. <laughs> we cut are cut off. off. We're moving on to comics. <laughs> but... Seriously, if you like Lego and you like Star Wars, you need to go out and pick this book up because it's there's just so much in there. I, I mean, that's why we could talk about this forever, really. 
Yes, definitely. It's an amazing book if you're a Lego collector, or even if you're just somebody that's been interested in getting into Lego collecting, Star Wars-wise, this would be a book to kickstart that passion, you know, because it really just has everything you would ever need to know about what has already come out, and um, it's it's definitely a book I would highly recommend. Yeah, you know, like, you know, you were saying Lego collector, you don't even need to be that. Like, if you just like Lego and you like learning stuff, you totally need this. There's actually um, one more thing I want to point out, and it has nothing to do with actual sets. When you go to, oh, now I have to find it. There's, when it changes sections, there are pages that kind of talk about their process. Oh, yeah. The behind-the-scenes pages. Yeah, the yes. behind-the-scenes pages. And the behind-the-scenes pages are really cool because they they talk about things and, like, the team behind LEGO Star Wars. It talks about, like, how they figured out color. It even goes into showing you kind of how they design the different minifigures um, and their whole process and stuff. And it's just really, really cool to get that. I don't know, imagery as yeah. to how a set is born. Yep. The set, the layout, everything about this book is, they did such a good job on it. So yeah, definitely pick this one up. Okay. No right. more Lego. No more Lego. We are moving into a comic review. Um, we traditionally haven't been uh, keeping up so well with the comics, but we, there's a I'm number just of... be honest. We've done a terrible job. Yeah, we're doing, we've done a pretty terrible job keeping up with the comics. Um, but we did want to review a comic volume, and um, we're kind of jumping around a little bit as opposed yeah. to kind of going in order of, of release date because just based on, you know, what's going on at the time. And, you know, we may even actually skip some of the, the old uh, comic volumes if we don't feel like it's super relevant. Um, but this one is pretty relevant because of the time because this is – we're going to do Poe Dameron Volume 1 – which is obviously about a character that is very current. You know, he's just a major, a major character in the Last Jedi, and a lot of stuff what? went on with his character. Um, which I actually found some interesting tie-ins to this in this comic as I was reading through it um, about you know the character and the way he's portrayed and his personality and, and things like that. That really made me think a lot about the Last Jedi. So, um, and I actually haven't read the Poe Dameron comics up until now. I know they've been out for a while, but I had kind of waited on them before. Uh, <clears throat> you know, before reviewing them. I know you've been reading them because you, you actually have. get a subscription to this one, right? I do. I Well, my mom got me one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. I actually got one delivered to me yesterday. Uh, so, yeah. So I've actually read all of these, and it's funny that you're you're finding comparisons already in Poe Dameron Volume 1 because as it obviously, as it progresses, they're even more apparent. Yeah, yeah I think there's, uh, you, if you just got one today, what issue number are they up to? Is it, they're in the 40s? Oh, I think so. I said I got it delivered to me. I didn't you say didn't it. The, <laughs> you didn't look at the number. Um, yeah. So volume one is, you know, it came out uh, December of 2016. So this is, you know, the, the first volume <laughs> came out over a year ago. Um, but it has the first six issues of the series. And um, <laughs> it was obviously published by Marvel Comics, written by Charles Soule. He wrote the Lando comic, which we've reviewed on the show, and actually, I think we both liked that that one a lot. Um, I know mm -hmm. I did. Um, the artist was Phil Noto, who I actually, he's one of my favorite uh, comic yep. book artists, and he also did the art for Before the Awakening and Chewbacca, which we've reviewed on the show. Um, so we've, we're familiar with these creators, um, and actually, I'm excited to talk about this story. It's very interesting, um, some fun characters, and I, I really uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I, I, this was like a review for me. I had to go back, and I was like, oh, yeah, this happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. And I am actually excited about it. This is one of the comic series that I actually quite enjoy. So, Publisher the publish summary? Yeah. The publisher summary is as follows. Poe Dameron, former Republic flyer turned resistance fighter, is the best pilot in the galaxy. Handpicked for the resistance by General Leia Organa to lead a squadron on a top secret and vital mission, Poe sets off investigating sites of historical importance to the Force. Revealing backstory leading directly into the holiday's greatest adventure, follow Poe and his X-Wing squadron on covert missions against the First Order. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Why is it funny? <laughs> Because this was time so that you could read it leading into uh, 
<laughs> the holidays from over, over like two holidays ago. <laughs> <laughs> One, well, kind of two, because two, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, we just had that. We've had two Christmases since then. Well, technically, yeah. Because <laughs> it came out December seventh of two thousand sixteen, but it was only like just over a year ago. Not right, two, but not two still, years but there's ago. been two two Christmases. <laughs> yes, but see, we waited until like it's it's just after the holiday season of 2017, so you can still read that intro, and it doesn't make it still makes sense. Yeah, if you don't right. mess it up like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Poe Dameron, and one of the first things that it's like right in the beginning of the comic, which I thought was interesting, and I actually took a couple screenshots and posted it on Twitter. Um, and got a lot of reaction because I don't think Hey, you people... know where you could have posted that? Where? Star Wars Bookworms Star Instagram. Wars Instagram. We don't have as many followers as it might Yeah, does. but see, <laughs> no, but it would, it, I, you, it's set up to go from our Instagram to our Twitter. Oh, it, if I did it from our uh, Bookworms account? Uh-huh. Yeah, I could have. My really <laughs> good tweets I put in my personal account. <laughs> the ones that can get all the likes. <laughs> But so yeah, I posted this on Twitter. So people that listen to the show that already follow me on Twitter may have already seen this. But <laughs> I thought it was interesting um, these panels because there's a there is a major call out in this comic which came out you know way before the Last Jedi um, in something that a lot of people were complaining about in the Last Jedi in that like Poe Dameron like Poe Dameron not getting enough information about the mission kind of thing. Um, so I'll read it. This is uh, Leia speaking. She says, you know why you're getting this assignment, Poe? Because you don't need to be told every little thing. Just get it done. And then he says, yes, General. I'll leave right away. And so it's funny how, um, you know, kind of one of the big storylines in The Last Jedi was how he did need more information. You know, he was not the he was not acting in a way that he would just kind of take orders and do what needs to be done. So um, it's an interesting progression for this character and his in his personality. So I thought I just thought that was an interesting, interesting thing to be in the comic. Well, it's important because Poe is having to transition into being the leader of the new rebellion, and in order for him to do that, he has to go from take orders man to learning all the stuff that he learns in the Last Jedi, uh, and a lot of it does occur in the Poe comics. So if you're a big Poe fan, you should really be reading these because it really helps to bridge that storyline um, and kind of help you understand his, I don't know, character? And his growth story. as a character. Growth, that's and, what I mean. And like, and I, I, I was a big fan of Poe in The Force Awakens and then seeing him in The Last Jedi and I had never read the Poe comics, like I said, so now reading these, I was just like, wow, this is so cool to just get more information about kind of what he's doing and even like Black Squadron, like some of these characters that we've only ever seen really briefly, now we're getting to see in more detail. And I feel like this writer, at least, and I don't know if he continues to write throughout the entire series, um, because I'm not that far along, but at least for this story arc, I thought they really captured Poe's personality like really well with the sarcasm and the banter, um, even the way he interacts with BB-8. Like it was all very well done. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're really trying to make sure that this comic fits in with the movies, and I think that is active in their mind when they're creating this particular storyline, anyway. Yeah, and like in The Force Awakens, we didn't really get to see a lot of interaction with uh, Poe and BB-8 because they're separated for a lot of the movie. Um, yeah. And so it was cool to see because we did get to see it at least at the beginning of The Last Jedi where they're in the X-Wing and, and, and BB-8's trying to fix the stuff that's going wrong and all of that and kind of the back and forth between those characters. But it really mirrors what you see in this comic in the way they talk back and forth too. So I was just, I was just like wow it's really cool to see the consistency of that and like BB-8's like his little buddy you know um, so I'm like I'm like so excited about this the series now I'm like a year behind but I'm finally reading it and I'm like oh I can't wait to read the rest of these volumes I just wish that it, they didn't spell out BB-8 like A T E it just just put the number seriously yeah I think there's like rules around that with, with yeah that, that's writing. annoying yeah that's annoying. Like R2D2, like, ugh, bleh, 
Just put the number. Did you think it was funny that only Poe, only Poe's droid had a name? Yeah. And the rest of the pilots just called him their droid. My droid. My My droid droid. just got destroyed. Like the one part where Jess Jess Pavin was like, um, oh, what did she say? She said something about like my astromech is fried. (laughs) Yeah, she does. And I'm like, man, if 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 BB-8 got like blown up like that, Poe would not just be like, oh, my astromech got fried. He'd be like, BB-8, no, you know, like because it's like his oh, friend. Yeah, exactly like that. So I want. <laughs> so like, I'm wondering why like certain characters in Star Wars like really make an attachment, you know, to their droids, and other pilots are just like, eh, just machinery. Uh, it's because the writers made it that way. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to get in universe <laughs> here, Teresa. <laughs> there are some really cool girl characters in this comic too. Jess Pava is one of them. I really do like her character a lot. And then there's the other girl who apparently is like Snap's girlfriend or yeah, something. There's some something's going on with Snaps and I her Snaps Snaps Snap and Kari <laughs> Car I think Kari yes yeah yeah something like that. Um, so that was kind of cool. I. I enjoyed the the girls in the comic as well. Um, we get to see some huts with like robot legs, which is like weird. Uh, <laughs> yes, Gracchus is back. Gracchus, yeah. Okay, back from where and why so, do I not? I think you might not remember this because I know we had done a couple episodes um, comic reviews where when you weren't available. So right. maybe we reviewed this one when you weren't. But this was from the Star Wars ongoing series um, when Luke was kind of, you know, going around the galaxy looking for stuff uh, right after A New Hope. And he comes across this hut who was like running this like gladiatorial type arena. And he was a collector of like Sith and Jedi artifacts. Freaking weird. And he had like robotic legs. But in the Star Wars comic, because it happens like, you know, over 30 years in the past. He's a much younger version of himself. Of Gracchus Gra- is much younger, so he's like this big, bulky, almost muscular uh, hut. And um, yeah, so apparently he's still around. Which I was kind of like, oh wow, Gracchus! Like I didn't expect to see a character that I had seen previously pop back up in this comic. Um, but they stayed true to his character. He's still kind of a collector of artifacts and, and that kind of stuff. It's so weird. Yeah, he's got his own little like. His own little group of huts that all have mechanical legs, too, I guess. So, the character of Agent Terex, do you want to know who he is? Like, who are you? Yeah, well, when I was reading the comic, I felt like he felt so familiar. Yeah. That I was like, have we seen him before? And it kind of, I think maybe he was reminding me of, like, the a character from Rebels. That one character, and I forget his name, but he was, like, their elite, almost Red Baron-type pilot. Um, and I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe, you know, he kind of reminded me of him and in, in the way he looked, but yeah, I, I actually went straight to Wikipedia cause I'm like, I'm missing something cause this guy must be from another <laughs> story, but he wasn't, um, he was only from this comic, but very interesting. I actually liked him a lot. Um, I found, I like him, him a lot too, which is, is, well, it's not weird, but I do like him a lot. Yeah, he's just, I just want to know good... who he is. Yeah, because he's got history with the Empire, and I like I like how these these carryovers from the Empire, and we saw it a little bit in the Last Jedi as well with with one of their officers, um, uh, Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But you have these people from the Empire that are kind of like they're working with the First Order, but you can tell they're just not necessarily completely on board with the First Order, and that's kind of how uh, Terex is too. Whereas he worked for. The Empire, and he kind of feels like the Empire was, you know, they were doing things right, and this First Order hasn't quite figured it out yet. But he even yeah, has well, a line in there. He's like, well, you might you might eventually become as good as the Empire. Yeah, well, Terex was a TK, so... Right. You know, he was... So that's kind of interesting. Um, but I don't know. I, I want to know who he is. Yeah. Because clearly he has a rep. Yeah, he, he definitely does... And I like how he's got that personality where he's kind of stuck on himself. He's a bit cocky. Um, you know, he's he's talking to the one stormtrooper at that one part, and he was just like, did I ever tell you about this? And the stormtrooper's like, yeah, you did. And then he keeps telling the story anyways. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Those kind of moments um, I th- thought were really funny. Yeah. 
Although he does try to kill this big giant blue egg, oh, which man. I'm like, that's not nice. No, he's. I mean, he's mean for sure. He's 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 one of those kind of bad guys that you're like, he's very entertaining, and you like mm-hmm. you like to read I about like him, but you're name, not necessarily. I like the name of his ship, <laughs> the Carrion Spike. Yeah. So that is actually um, from. Like the, we know it from somewhere else, right? Yeah, that's from. Um, why am I blanking? Tark Tarkin, the Tarkin novel. Yeah, the Tarkin novel introduced yes. the Carrion Spike, which was Tarkin's ship. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it's ended up in this guy's hands, which I kind of want to know that story too. So yeah, that I thought as soon as I saw it pop up in the comic, and I had never seen a visual representation of it before. I'd only ever read about the ship, and yeah, so I'm like, too. whoa, the Carrion Spike! Like that's cool. Like once it's again, I'm a year behind a on this, ship. but it's yeah, which fly which flies through that that station kind of in a almost in a holdo suicidal way. <laughs> Holdo, Hera. We're, we're seeing that more in Star Wars. Where blow up stuff with a ship. Driving ships into other things. That's Apparently, that's a common theme now in Star Wars. Yeah, well, I mean, it happens in Rogue One. Yep. Hammerhead Corvette. You know, in Rebels. Drive, straw, you know, put one stormtrooper through another. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. Stormtrooper. stormtrooper. Star Destroyer. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I want to know more about this guy and that. I don't know if I want a whole comic, but I definitely want to know more about this guy, which I'm sure there is more. We just haven't read it. I mean, that's the thing. I read these so long ago, I don't remember Yeah. what the story is. I like how he seems like, at least at least for now, and I don't know where the story is going to go, but I like how they've introduced him as kind of the main villain of the series. Mm-hmm. So you don't yeah. have to put like a Vader in here or like a, you know, a major character um, I like that it's they've created their own villain for the series, so you don't know what's going to happen to him. Whereas if they had put, you know, Kylo Ren or, or uh, you know, somebody from the movies, you'd be like, okay, I know that they can't defeat him. Um, so I like that they created this this unique character, almost in the way that they had um, the Inquisitor from Rebels in the in the first season. Yeah, and that's one of the things I think is a challenge for the comics is that they're playing in a world where the bad guys are pretty much already all named. And it does, for me at least, it makes the comics kind of boring when the villain is Vader or whatever and we know how that's going to end. You know, there's no mystery or surprise and whatever. And so this is this is like telling its own contained story and we don't need any of those big players. Right. You know? Now, I mean, we know where Poe's going to end up, obviously, but uh, as far as how he gets there. Right. That and we, we don't. Know. Right. We don't. Poe's pretty much the only character, though, that we kind of know. But yeah. a lot of these other characters were kind of left in, you know, we're, we really don't know, you know, where they end up because they're not necessarily in the movies. Now, I think, I think Jess. Pava was in the movie just briefly in The Force Awakens. And I think the one guy dies in the movie, but I forget his name. Um, but other than that, we're really not sure where these characters are going. And plus, none of them showed up in The Last Jedi, so we still don't know what's happening to them. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the trouble. Like, they have to put... Trying to put every single character in there for us to really know what's happening to every single one is hard, which is kind of why it's good that we have the comics and the, and the novels and stuff. Cause it allows for us to be able to do that. I do like that. They, that, um, Pablo did put into the visual dictionary, a little line that says, you know, these pilots were, they were on a mission, you know, during the last Jedi. So, so just because we didn't see snap Wexley, in the last Jedi doesn't mean he's not alive anymore because he was off on a mission with, with these other pilots. Yeah. And that's good. Cause I thought, and I know I had um, spoken to you about this, but I thought I had seen that snap had possibly died. Um, I don't know. I honestly can't tell you where I saw that. So I'm glad that in the, in the visual dictionary that it does say that because I was just kind of like, well, that's sad. Let's talk about this egg thing, though, because yeah, that was the only um, thing that stuck out to me in this in this whole that comic. That was weird. That was like and so like, bizarre. I I don't get it. I still don't get it. I yeah. don't understand why there was like two monsters. Right. Yeah. Because and... like the egg thing at first didn't really bother me because I'm like, okay, whatever. There's this weird egg they're protecting, and maybe it's gonna hatch some whatever. But when it 
all went down and it hatched, it, it just it got weird from there. Like it was almost like there was some kind of force, otherworldly thing going on that we weren't even supposed to understand. Yeah, I, I still I. Mm. <laughs> Where did the second thing come from? I don't know. Because the I first really thing don't came know, out of the, the first egg. one. The yeah, the one. first one like came out of the egg, and it's like this almost like hologram blue kind of color. Right. And it was being real mean and like attacking everybody and everything. And then this was randomly on this next page or next cell or whatever. There's this big gray one, and they're like duking <laughs> it out. You know, I feel like it's like um, I don't know, like in Deathly Hallows when like the the trolls and the and the giants are like, nah. um. <laughs> They're right. like going after each other. And I was just like, what? And then I actually had to flip back and forth on that one because there's like a moment where they're like, everybody's like watching these things. And then all of a sudden Poe has Tarek's like surrounded. And I'm like, what? What, what happened? <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, what's well, kind and of jumping the big back giant and forth? Gray one like sits on like this throne of like power, <laughs> and like the big blue one's gone, and I'm just sort of like, what? Doesn't he shoot some kind of like laser beam thing through the blue one and kills it, and then he like I, carries him? I think I just might have missed it because I was confused. But then they like, I almost got the impression that they merged or something because then the gray one Ooh. didn't look gray anymore. It was like gray like, with like highlights at the end. I don't know. I was so confused as to what was happening there. Um, and then they all, like all these things, all the people that had been worshiping this egg for who knows how long, they all were like, oh, it's all okay. We're just going to jump on this thing's back and he's going to fly us to some safe place. And I'm like, why? What? Like, what? what? <laughs> it was so bizarre and seemed so outside of the rest of the story, but it didn't bother me for some reason because I was just so into the rest of the story. I was just like, okay, whatever. There's some weird stuff it's going on like let it go see but that's one of the things you can do with comics is that there is stuff like that that happens in almost every comic doesn't matter what comic it is it can even be a pony comic where you're just like uh-huh okay okay next <laughs> you just sort of more like uh sure but yeah i don't get it yeah that was know. that mm -mm. i like that the prison very weird the prison world they went to that was cool. What was that? It was called like um, Mega Locks or yeah. Mega Blocks. Mega Blocks. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the. Um, it seemed like a unique idea. I liked the idea of this like dome that was kind of protecting them from the the gravity of that world. But if anybody yeah. tries to escape the prison, they would get crushed by the gravity. I thought that was a pretty interesting idea for a prison. Um, so yeah, that it was like not a prison. It's almost like it was a prison, not a prison, because it was. You know, the it was like a business this Twilight was running, you know. And so it was, yes, it was a prison, but no, it's not. Right. It was like a prison community. Weird. Like they, they run themselves. They were trapped, situation. but they still had craziness. their own. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Very, very weird. But but it was cool. And I like the design of it. I like the way I like the artwork. One of the things about this comic is that the artwork is very consistent from cover to inside. And you know how important that is to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty rare because most of the time it's not just how comics work. But uh, Phil Noto, um, in this case, did, I think did cover and interior. Um, I feel like he's more known as a cover artist than he is interior. But he's starting to do more interior stuff. I like his art a lot especially when he gets more detailed, but when he does kind of a little bit of less detail, um, it gets a little scratchy. Mm. Um, but it doesn't, it, it's fine. I don't mind that, but there are certain panels where there's just not a lot of detail on, on certain characters' faces. Um, but it works with his style, and I, he's still definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, and you know what actually makes this one go pretty quickly, too, is there's a lot of pew, pew, space, 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 battle, 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 ship, 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 ship. And you're like, read a whole page, read a whole page, because it's just sound effects. <laughs> wee -oo, wee -oo, yeah, wee -oo. a lot of visuals, <laughs> not a lot of dialogue. But I'm, I really liked it a lot. I I liked the the introduction of the character of Agent Terex. He's very interesting to me. Um and I like just kind of getting to know the rest of Black Squadron, and even to see. I love Snap. that we know more about Black Squadron. I'm love. I I love all of that. Oh, <laughs> X-wing pilots. 
Yeah. Even to see Snap a little Lulo. bit more, too. Yeah. Well, Lulo Lampar flies an A-Wing. But, yeah. You know. And he was in Shattered Empire as well because he was friends with uh, Poe's parents, or at least Aww. Poe's mom. Was so sweet and so he flew in the battle of endor as well so that was that's kind of a cool tie-in <laughs> what is luo lampar's race he's a species Dur- he's a duros so he's a he's a thron no thron no. is a chiss they look different right chiss are more what's a what's looking. a more famous duros um I don't know. I'm I feel to... like I've seen him before. I've seen a Duros. So they look kind of like Nemoidians, and they're actually, at least in the Legends storyline, they're they're actually the races are related. Um, but Duros are more just background characters in the movies, and I don't know if there's ever, I don't think there's ever been a major character, at least in the movies, that was Duros. Um, so you're probably just recognizing him from like the Cantina scene. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I looked him up on Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah, I'm just that's it. Yeah. So. Oh well, there was Duros and Darth Maul. Yeah, in the been, Darth I mean, Maul they, comics. They and do, stuff. It's a very popular alien that pops up all throughout Star Wars, and there were some major characters in Legends that were Duros. Well, there's some. Oh, you know what it is? Clone Wars. Yeah. There's there's some a lot of episodes in the Clone Wars that have that have Duros. Oh, because because what am I thinking? children. Yeah, Children of the Force. No, the Duros, um, Cad Bane. Cad Bane is a Duros. Cad Bane's a Duros, yeah. That's why, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we're good yeah. now, sorry. I was blanking on major characters that were Duros, but yeah, Cad Bane. I mean, his hat Cad kind Bane. of covers, you know, a lot of his features, but yeah, he's definitely a Duros. Yep, that's it. Anyway, they've been in a lot of things. <laughs> yes, they have. Um, yeah, so is there anything else in the comic that you thought was worth mentioning i really he liked it a lot was very cute and amazing and saves a day like he always does because he's bb8 and he's perfect yeah bb8 was good yeah he's really good and i really love bb8 and poe together they're they need to be together more yeah like in the movies and stuff instead of them always sending bb8 to go hang out with other people can't he just hang out with poe for a while really <laughs> Oh, there was a Duros and Freemaker Adventures? Anyway, yeah. this is my Duros research for yeah. the day. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Lego minifigs, too. But... There, You know what? There probably is. We have a book that we can look we can that look up that in. look that up. Yeah. Just in case. That's one minifig I don't have. I don't have a Cad Bane. I think there's two versions oh. of Cad Bane that I would love to have. But... Oh, I'd love to have a Cad Bane. I would just buy that individually, though. Like, I don't necessarily need a set. Yeah, me too. Now we're reverting back to Lego talk. I think anyway, that means it's sorry, time guys. to end. I think end we're at the end. <laughs> the show. Um, but yeah, so Poe Dameron, we I think we both you know are on the same page with this one. We yes. really like it. Yeah, it's good, and I can't wait to read more of it. In fact, I would just read the next one now and not read other comics. <laughs> Let's just get caught up on Poe Dameron. Just keep doing Poe Dameron comics. Let's yeah. Just keep doing Poe Dameron comics. I think. Um, so for our next episode, we are going to revert back to some Last Jedi talk because we both mm-hmm. got the Visual Dictionary and the Art of the Last Jedi, which both yes. of those books are amazing. They're phenomenal, and we have to talk about them. Yeah, and so it's we... going to be very similar to – okay, so just so you guys know, we love reference books. So we love them, and we love talking about them, and we're going to review them very similar to how we just did the Ultimate Lego Star Wars book. And we just kind of like pick pages. Hey, go to this page. Go to this page. This is cool. This is cool. So. Right. Yes. yes. We, we'll, we'll have a little bit of organized talking points too, though. Yeah. To go along with Maybe. it. But yeah. Flip we say through, that now. Well, I think we coined the term flip through review. So Flip through review. We're going to do a flip through review of both of those books, um, which I've like, I'm eating up the art of the last Jedi. That book is amazing. Yeah, I need to. I need to really get into that. I haven't had a chance to do that yet, but I am so excited to do it. I've kind of flipped through, reviewed it a little yeah. <laughs> uh, during Christmas, but I need to just sit down with that and you know some coffee and just like read. Yes, and yeah. the plan is to to review those two books in our next episode and to do our next episode very soon. So we're going to try to very knock soon. through a few episodes uh, in the next few weeks. So so that's going to be coming up. And you can find us on Twitter at SW Bookworms. You can email us starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. 
We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms. You can join our Facebook group. Um, Goodreads, we're still over there if you want to talk about uh, the different books over there. We're on iTunes. You can find all of our episodes there and leave us a review. We're also on Instagram, so you can find us at SW Bookworms on Instagram as well. Please follow us. We are going to hopefully start doing a better job posting stuff over there. I have a plan. I just haven't been able to enact the plan, but... Uh, let us know what you guys would like to see on our Instagram. Maybe it's like stuff we're reading or stuff like that. And I am on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Ice Cold Penguin, and Aaron is at AV Goins. So until next time, keep on reading, and may the force be with you. So then the story continues, and it says, This is the story of the Porgs, sweet and lovable creatures that inhabit Octo Island. The Porgs have lived in peace and tranquility on the island for many years. Their sanctuary has remained undisturbed by anyone. And there's all these really cute pictures. Until now. And then you see the falcon, and it says, like, vroom. And it says, the Millennium Falcon has arrived. And there's all these Porgs, like, running away, going, cheep, 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 cheep. And then... One of the beings who exit the ship is covered in fur, and unlike anything the Porgs have ever seen before, the young girl tells the furry one to stay with the ship. The Porgs overhear her refer to him as Chewy. They wonder if this means he is her food. They hope so, for they are very hungry, and he appears to be bite-sized. This will take some investigating, because they're far away. Oh. <laughs> and one of the Porgs has his like wing up, and he's like kind of trying to measure like how big Chewy is. Oh, wow. Like, if they can like eat him. That sounds adorable. <laughs> yeah it's it's so cute